2: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey, hey. Let's go Buffalo Chan.
1: On WGR
0: Sports Radio 550.
2: Counting down the days
0: to Sunday, 3 o'clock, Bills and Bengals kicking off at the stadium. Mike up and the Bulldog here, Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline, a little bit less time than usual with Sal when we tend to stretch out and sometimes even get a little silly, but here, as I'm wasting time even describing this needlessly, <laughs> the injury report is out for this game and things are looking up, or at least
2: uh, pretty good for the Bills. Yeah, I think they're about as healthy as they've been in a long time, guys. Um, they do have two players, two defensive tackles, Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips, who've been limited. But they've been practicing this week, which is good news, especially when it's early in the week. And, you know, we're not getting early now, but two straight days of practice. That's good. And Jordan Poyer was limited with the knee and today did not practice. But I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's a knee slash vet rest. So my, my assumption is they're just giving him more time with the knee. They want him as healthy as can be on Sunday. And it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah,
1: I feel like Phillips, Sal, we talked you and I did yesterday, you know, about, you know, taking advantage of a depleted offensive line. You know, that was the case in last Sunday's wild card win over Miami, and it you know, it's it's another situation where you want to see the Bills sort of, you know, dominate up front against a depleted offensive line with Cincinnati. And I feel like Phillips, his style of playing like not to pigeonhole him and say he's just like a one one trick guy, but I feel like penetrating and getting upfield is his thing. Thing, and maybe that's something they miss when he's not around.
2: 100%. I mean, that's um, a big part of his game. And it really kind of showed up his first time around with the Bills when he had those nine-and-a-half sacks. And then he went out to um, Arizona, and he played for the Cardinals, and then he came back. I remember when he re-signed, we were at the press conference for his you know um, re-signing here at Buffalo in March, and I said – you know, your your first few years in the year, league, you really didn't put up sack numbers, and all of a sudden, you have the nine and a half. You go to Arizona, what do you have? Like three and a half or something? He put up a few numbers there, and I said, "What's been the difference?" <laughs> he looked very seriously at me, which Jordan Phillips does, and he says, "I was never asked to do it."
0: <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay,
2: well, I guess that's the difference, right?" I mean, like, it's what position, it's what the role is. You're asked to do sometimes, and I think that shows, though. I mean, if he's been asked to be a penetrator, he can be a penetrator, and he's done a very good job of that. And I think that you know given the situation on the Bengals offensive line i do think that the Bills defensive line will probably want to penetrate get to him don't let him sit back there i look this is just a dovetailing off this i i've read a lot and seen a lot of you know people talking about the defensive line last week against the Miami Dolphins and you know not necessarily taking advantage of their guys banged up and getting to skylar thompson and i'm here to tell you i don't think that was the game plan for them to penetrate i think it was we're just going to make sure you can't run on us because we could trust that Skylar Thompson won't beat us through the air if he has a little time anyway.
0: That seems to be maybe. I guess I, I wasn't here yesterday to to know, but the number one topic about this game, matchup wise, is yes. whether or not the Bills will be good enough there because we've seen Cincinnati and Joe Burrow succumb, and not in a while, I guess, but succumb at times to this kind of a you know to good pass pressure. He's not Allen, in how. Allen is maybe the best in the league in the, under, under duress. Um, but can the Bills do it? The The numbers are stark, Sal, pre- and post Von Miller's injury.
2: They are. Uh, they're not getting nearly as, not as much out of their pass rush. I mean, you would expect a drop-off, but I think that it's been even more so of a drop-off. And it's evidenced by the fact that the Bills themselves are blitzing more. Uh, they're sending more people to try and manufacture that pressure. I don't know if you're going to do that this week. Um, mm. We may see a game where both teams are going to kind of just say, "Look, we're, we're going to try to get home with four, and not allow you to not allow Joe Burrow or Josh Allen to pick us apart." Because if you don't get home and you send extra guys, we got less guys to cover. And I think that's exactly the matchup. Like I think the number one matchup in this game is that Bills defensive yeah. line against the Bengals offensive line, and if those backups can do a good job then it could be a tough day but if but if the Bills defensive line can do what they should do and have been brought in here to do and paid to do I think they can have success and get to Burrow and play with not having to blitz and putting some pressure on
1: yeah, we, we I, I mentioned this yesterday. I'm not sure if it was while you were on uh, with me or not, Sal, but we had Joe Goodberry on, and I know you and Matt Beauvais talked to to Joe yep. for your It's your Always Game Day podcast, too, and maybe he dropped these numbers on you. I know he tweeted them, and I retweeted them. Like, the Ravens last year blitzed like crazy against Burrow, and, I mean, the numbers were gross. He killed them. This year, they cut way back. Uh, on it and you know these last couple of games and especially this wild card game on uh on sunday night they it worked for them so you know i, you know, I know there's different players and different schemes and whatnot but i would think the bills are aware of what burrow is capable of if they try to blitz and would know that baltimore did not do much of it at all and it worked but you got to win up front with your four that's the key
2: i agree and the other place And and the other thing about doing that is it's not just Burrow. He's great, right? But their receivers can win one-on-one, and they can win early. And and if you blitz and you have a guy win one-on-one early, it's, you know, bam. He's catching the ball. He's probably running for a little bit, you know, because you don't have anybody else there. So, yeah, that's all part of it. I agree with that. And, you know, since these two teams played in the game where, you know, the Monday night that, that got canceled, each had two games. The Bills played the Patriots and the Dolphins, who are much different schematically. The, Ra- the Bengals played the Ravens and the Ravens, <laughs> and they played two games. And the Bills have eight quarters of a sample size here to take a look at what the Ravens did. Because if you go back to, and I, I, know, I understand the Bengals didn't probably put out their full force. I mean, they did play everybody, but I think they kind of maybe dialed a lot of things back in that, that regular season finale. But they have eight quarters of the Ravens really doing a nice job against the Bengals offense and I think that's a really good look for them film-wise
0: I guess I'll be interested to see if the Bills want to do anything differently because they so rarely do <laughs> you know like other other matchups come and go and you might see a team who is it that I'm thinking of we talked about like this recently where what well, boy I'm gonna I'm gonna stall us out trying to think of it but you, you see another team I guess it was against the Dolphins when the Chargers had success and the 49ers had success yeah and the Bills kind of did their thing so we'll see on the receivers point so we i've made this point a lot this year when when we're talking about gabe davis or whether the bills are just like are, do they have enough to go all the way this wide receiver two point that eric eager first brought up on our show sal like if you look through playoff history last year for starters the the value of having a second receiver step up just correlates very well to playoff success and the Bengals are one of the first teams you might think of with Chase and Higgins let last week maybe ironically not not so ironically but Davis had a big step up mm-hmm. game for himself we've seen him do it in the playoffs too of course and Higgins a more a more modest game what, what is your analysis of the challenge the Bills have in the secondary against Chase and Higgins It's a very
2: big challenge those guys are great um you know they they have kind of their full gamut of arsenal of weapons. You know the entire arsenal can do so much. You know Chase is just such a excuse me such a complete receiver, and T Higgins is what six four two twenty. He's a big guy and he can do a lot. Um, he can high point the ball. He you know out of the slot. He's a tough matchup. Taron Johnson to me is maybe the best slot corner in the league, and I think that even you know it's a tough matchup for him even. Um so they have everything there. And then you have out of the backfield they can throw to guys. They have a tight end they can throw to, but it's a very big challenge for the Bills receivers. And I do wonder, Mike, going back to say you saying I wonder if they'll do anything different. I wonder if the Bills play a little more man to man in this game. I wonder if they say, look, we're gonna we're gonna you know, not we're gonna try and get home with four, but we're gonna have to be a little more physical and long because these guys they're a little bit longer and maybe disrupt them at the line of scrimmage because if we can get to Burrow quick enough with four if we can disrupt them that throws off the timing because the Bengals are built on a quick passing game you know they have this reputation to be this high-flying offense they don't really throw the ball downfield a ton they throw the ball on downfield when they can and they have opportunity but they like the quick passing game they like to get the ball to those guys and Burrow's very good at it I think they'll try to do that here I cannot imagine the Bengals wanting Joe Burrow to do five and seven seven step drops with three backup offensive linemen. They're going to say three steps out, and I think for the Bills that you have to disrupt that early on on the Uh,
0: road too, right? That would be part of your thinking in the preparation. Is you know we saw how much trouble (laughs) Bill Stadium has a reputation as, as it is, but Miami having the problems it did with communication. You know the the instinct here might be to simplify. I'd be impressed if they a don't react like that or prepare like that, and then B pull it off, because I could see a lot of teams wanting to just you know account for this
2: when they come here to play. Yeah, and look, you talk about the second receiver. What's funny is, and Joe Goodbury brought this up too, and I'm sure he did probably with you guys, but second receivers have actually beaten the Bengals a lot more this year because the way they design their offense is to try and take away your number one receiver, and they've done a pretty good job of that. But they don't really have the matchups on the outside then. And if you're going to take away a number one, then usually another team's number two is going to beat their, you know, second guy or second and third, however you want to term it, the way they do it. And I'm looking back like Mike Evans, five for eighty-three. Jacoby Myers, like six for eighty-something. These are the number two receivers on teams after somebody else had a better day against them. This is most recently so. That's something I think the Bills can take advantage of, too. So you go back to your question about the Bills and what they have and Gabe Davis. Like, to me, this is a Gabe Davis game. This is a game where playoff Gabe. If you get playoff Gabe in this game, it could be a really nice day for the Bills passing attack.
1: Back to defending their receivers. And you mentioned, you know, just the thought of maybe more man. Um, I, of course, me and I will bet a lot of Bills fans went okay, Elam, right? I mean, he came out of college with that reputation. We wondered even when they picked him, does this mean they're going to try to implement more of of those concepts here and get and give you know give give themselves the opportunity to have more varied looks. Um, against opposing offenses and you know the year's been kind of uneven there's been inactivity and low snap counts uh last week he gets put in a big spot comes comes down with that pick and then the, the pass defense at the end of the game benford is back like what what do you think will happen like is elam ready to be trusted more or do you think it's still dane jackson
2: i'd like it to be elam not any, not because, you know, anything Dane Jackson did wrong. He's had some rough patches, but I just think that this could be a matchup where you could get a really big play from a guy that I think has played better. He's understanding a lot of concepts better. Um, it seems like he's more comfortable. Dane Jackson might, might be the safer play, if you will, and a mm-hmm. guy they trust more, and I understand that. And if the Bills yep. go that route, I completely get it. But maybe you get a play from Kyrie Lehm like you got last week. You might need that in a game like this. And he is longer. You know, he. I don't think he's super physical. But I think his length allows him to be a little more physical if he wants to. And I think he's feeling more comfortable doing that. But he is a better man-to-man corner than zone corner sometimes. And I wonder if mm-hmm. you go back to when he was inactive and a healthy scratch. I wonder if that's it. Like, is that why? Because maybe he just wasn't understanding the zone concepts enough to trust him to put him in those situations because you know he came in with a reputation of a guy who could do all these things but really I think you know learning learning zone defense at the NFL level is not easy for a guy who hasn't done it a ton and he wasn't asked to do it a lot in college and you know he was known as a guy who could get up on you could press you a little bit and not a physical guy in the sense that like, he's going to be laying the wood and coming up and mm-hmm. tackle, but he can get his hands on you. And I think that maybe in a, in a in a matchup like this, that could serve them very well, going back to trying disrupting things off the line of scrimmage.
0: Sal, thank you. We'll talk tomorrow on the roundtable.
1: Okay, guys, thank you. That's right, our man Sal Capagio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet?
0: A lot of talk toward the end of the season. Remember the pregame show when the Bills were in Cincinnati talking with Chris Brown and Eric Wood about how, man, doesn't it feel like you guys have been on the road constantly this year, all those trips. This will be three straight home games now since, and there's still a chance at four.
1: Go Jag- Go, Jaguars.
0: Jaguars, eight-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Chiefs' first game of the weekend Saturday. Ryan Miller night. Doors are open at the arena We'll have the ceremony for you starting at 6, face-off, Sabres Islanders scheduled for just after 7.30. Ross Tucker coming up in about 15 minutes. Mike Shopin the Bulldog here, WGR.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.